Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. I started this show about four and a half years ago with the intent of being able to bring you really interesting interviews and ideas and theories and thoughts. And I really appreciate the fact that people have continued to listen. The audience has continued to grow. So if this is your first time ever tuning in to cool things entrepreneurs do on Tuesdays, I come to you with some ideas and things that I'm experiencing in my own career, in my own company. And on Thursday, I bring you some of the best interviews with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and business leaders with the idea of motivating you to get out there and try new things. Because if you want to change up the results that you're getting in your company, in your business, in your life, you can't just do the same things over and over again and expect different results. So today I want to talk about, for those of you who work for companies that might be having meetings, I want to talk to you a little bit about how do you hire the right speaker to speak at these events. Now, some of you might be saying, well, wait a minute, Tom, this isn't a topic that ever crosses my mind. However, if you are part of an association, you might end up on the committee that has to select the speakers. As your company grows, you might start doing team meetings. And the reason that this topic is sort of bubbling in my head is something that we should talk about here on the show is number one, as those of you who listen regularly know, I make my living as a speaker. So I speak to large associations. I'm either the opening keynote speaker or the master of ceremonies for the event, but I also go into companies and deliver one to three hour workshops for sales teams and other uh, group meetings talking about how do we get the most out of the team? How do we advance the potential of everybody who's here? And what's happened lately, in the last week, I have received three different calls from people who wanted to know, how do we go about finding the right person for our meeting? This was either someone I have worked for before in one case, or in a couple cases, it was uh, people who I know very well who may or may not be considering me as their speaker, but they've never had to do this in their role before. Their, Their company doesn't have a meetings department And the upcoming meeting has sort of fallen to them. And so for a lot of people, uh, this is foreign territory. This is this is crazy land. And trust me, I live in the middle of being a professional speaker and it is crazy land. So I thought I would just take this episode and do a real quick overview of some things that you probably need to think about if you're going to bring in an outside speaker. So so the first part of this is why? Why do you want to bring someone in? Why not just have the sales manager do the the kickoff of the event or to do the the talk at lunchtime? Why not get this president to come in and do it? Now, they may already be on the agenda. I don't know if this meeting is going to be long or short, but you have to figure out why is it that we want to bring someone in from the outside? Now, my belief is, is that bringing someone in from the outside actually is a great way to start conversation. When someone comes in from the outside, they actually have an entirely different point of view and they may have different ideas. What I do when I work with companies is I say, look, I can't change the world in a one to three hour conversation. However, if I do my job, after I leave, the discussion will continue. That's why you bring someone in from the outside because they will spark ideas that will start dialogue and continue conversations. 
Now, every now and then people say, well, we don't really want a motivational speaker because we don't like motivation. In fact, one time I received a call from a woman. She was the assistant to a company president. She was gathering information about who was going to be the right person to talk at their event. And she'd come across my name through a referral. And we got along really well. We had a great conversation. We had a great time talking. And she asked me at one point, do you consider yourself a motivational speaker? I don't know that I lead with that uh, moniker, but I did say, yeah, that is, yes, you could say that. And her answer was, oh, that's too bad. My boss has a rule that anyone who calls themselves a motivational speaker cannot speak at our company because he hates motivational speakers. Now, this sort of threw me off because I don't understand how someone could sort of hate that. But what it was was sort of the mindset of what was a motivational speaker. And I said, well, wait a second. I don't think anyone comes in and just motivates. I think all speakers have to have content. But the reality is you're looking for a mix of content and sort of that motivation and the style of the speaker. So I asked her, what is the opposite of motivation? So think about that for a minute. What is the opposite of motivation? Well, the only thing she could come up with was demotivating. And I was like, well, that's what you're going to get at your meeting if the person doesn't have the ability to really get people to buy into that message and want to take action. There's a famous quote from the legendary Zig Ziglar. Somebody told him they didn't believe in motivational speakers. They, they didn't believe in motivation because it would wear off. And his answer was, so does showering. But I recommend that you do it every day. So come up with the idea of what it is you're looking for. What is the content? What's the topic? Not every speaker can speak on every topic. I always find it amazing when I meet somebody and I tell them what they do. And their next question is, do you speak on something specific or can you talk on anything? Well, I don't know how anybody can talk on anything. You have to, in order to, to lead a conversation, in order to start these dialogues, you have to have some level of expertise in that area. So you need to start as you're looking for a speaker to know what is the topic that I want. And then the next thing is, is that you need to know what is the purpose of the event? Is this just something that you're filling in some time for, or is there more to it? Is there something that you're, you're really trying to accomplish? So I think that you need to know sort of what it is you're trying to accomplish there uh, and the purpose of that event, because that will help you tie yourself to the correct presenter. And you have to know all the details of the event before you start contacting speakers. As a speaker, I, I sell dates on my calendar. And so if you call and say, oh, we would love to have you talk at our company, it, it doesn't do any good until I know when and what time and in what city that is all going to take place. So make sure that you know all of the details of your event before you start really reaching out to people. And you have to know exactly how much time you want that speaker. I'm always amazed when some people call me and they say, we don't know if we want one hour or three hours. Well, that can affect the pricing. But it also affects my travel. It affects the preparation. So those are things that have to come up in the early stages of those dialogues, of that discussion with the speaker. So get, get kind of some clarity as to what it is that you want uh, the speaker to be doing when he's on property or at your event. Also think about, do you want the speaker to stay longer? Sometimes some of the greatest skills of some speakers is getting to the airport 15 minutes after they say, thank you very much. Now, some of the clients I work for, I'm speaking in the morning, but they want me to stay till lunch or stay through happy hour or attend their board dinner. These are all things you need to know up front because you have to know what you're asking the speaker to do. 
I have peers who have shown up at events and they're expected to be doing way more than the contract said. So you need to make sure that you know what you want from the speaker. Many people are really happy that the speaker comes in at nine o'clock, speaks for an hour, and at 10 o'clock they are out the door because they're going to be talking about private proprietary stuff. Other people, if they're having more of a social event, want to make sure that that speaker is plugged in and engaged in the event. Now, as you're starting to think about who do I bring in to hire, one of the things you have to think about is what is the experience level I need from this speaker? The larger the event, typically, the more experience is required in order to make sure that that speaker is going to be able to connect with that audience. One great question that you should be asking every speaker who you're considering is, how many presentations like mine have you given in the last year? I recently was talking to somebody and they had narrowed it down to two speakers. And we discussed this question. I said, how many times has the other person spoken? And she was, I have no idea. He has a website. And I said, well, last year I had given, I think it was something like close to 70 presentations. And she called back a few days later and and hired me. And she said, he told me he spoke twice last year, that this was a part-time thing. And as the person hiring it, That wasn't what she was looking for, and she had no way of knowing that by going to the person's website. So talk to your speaker about their experience level. Find out how many events like yours they're doing on a regular basis. Because I have a belief. It's kind of like this podcast. People sometimes say, oh, Tom, I like your show. But this is because we're now up to over 400 episodes. If you go back and listen to the first few episodes, I don't think it's as good. I've gotten better, I hope, as a podcaster over the years. Same thing is true as a speaker. Now that I've given over 800 presentations, I will tell you that is a very, very clear thing for me that I have gotten better by doing this. So I always encourage people who want to become speakers to speak a lot. Even if you start off speaking for free at Rotary Clubs and other events, get out there and and speak because you have to learn the little nuances of engaging an audience. And then another question you may want to know is how interactive is the speaker with the audience because sometimes people are just a stage, uh, a sage on the stage and they come out and they speak and that's great. That is a totally acceptable style and some people are cool with that. Other people want a lot of interaction. So you need to have these discussions with the speaker about how much interaction are you going to actually have. So that's kind of the background of, of as you, things you want to talk to your speakers about. But in a second, I'm going to share with you just a couple of tips of where you can go to find absolutely phenomenal people to present at your event. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. And let's face it, I know because I talked to many of you, a lot of you would like to have your own podcast, but you think, oh my God, the headaches and the technical work, I'd never get it done. That is why I work with Podfly Productions and I have since episode number one. They do all the heavy lifting and that technical work to make sure that you can sound amazing. Now, if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. Now, Here's a couple pieces of meat that I wanted to give you around this topic about where do you even start? So the first thing I think you should do is ask your peers and ask the people who you work with, who is the best speaker you've seen at an event like the one we're putting on? Because again, the celebrity on the stage at a giant event is very different than the uh, trainer who's going to come in and talk to a room of 12 people. So ask people inside your company and out, ask people at competitors, 
who, if you're friendly with them, who's the best person you've brought in in the last year to speak at a team meeting? Because oftentimes, that's the way most people find a speaker. I can tell you, uh, in over 800 presentations, about 90% of them have specifically come from somebody having seen me and then telling their husband or their wife or their friend or their neighbor, hey, you should have this person come into your company. So ask around. And a smart idea is to always be asking around. Don't wait until your company is having a meeting. Keep a file where you're always asking people when you know they get back from events, hey, did you see anybody who might be interesting for you know our users conference or for our client meeting or for our partner retreat? Ask people kind of to constantly keep that eye open for you and that will be really, really important and really good. Another great way to find really good speakers for your events is ask the speakers who you've worked with in the past. So here's something I do for all of my clients. Every time I finish an event, if I was booked directly, if I was booked through a speaker's bureau, I don't do this because that's not technically my client. It's the speaker's bureau's client. But if I am booked directly by a client, I say to them, now that I've been here, I know two things are true. You're going to have a meeting next year and you probably don't want the same speaker year after year. Now, sometimes they do. I've been brought back a couple of times. And when I serve as the master of ceremonies, they usually bring me back for two or three years. But what I do is I tell them, hey, you know, since I've been here and I've gotten to know your people, I would love to make a few recommendations for you as to other speakers who would really be exciting for your audience. I believe that the best speakers out there have friends who are speakers. I believe that the best speakers out there are staying at the conferences they're at to watch one or two other people so they know who's good. They know who's up and coming. They know these things. So tap into it. Pick up the phone and call whoever you worked with last year and say, hey, Becky, we loved having you last year. Do you have any thoughts of who maybe could be the right person to to do this? And then the third way is work with a speaker's bureau. Now, a lot of people don't understand what a speaker's bureau is, and they're not an agent. They're not, uh, they're not charging you for the work. A speaker's bureau is mainly a sourcing business. You tell them everything that you're looking for. You give them all those details of what you need, what your price is, what you're having. They'll go out and find you a list of three or four speakers in your price range. And then you, you and your boss, or the committee that's involved can all review can all review exactly what it is that you're trying, uh, that, uh, who's been submitted, and then you can make a decision. Then the Speakers Bureau will go back to the speaker and do those negotiations for you. So that's another way to get a speaker. Now, I'm going to throw one more thing in here. If you're a listener of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and you're looking for a speaker for your event, call me. And I don't mean, oh, call me to hire me, because I may or may not be who you're looking for. If I am, that's awesome. However, Call me because I love to help source the right speaker for the right event. I have hundreds of people who I have seen, who I know, who I know cover a variety of different topics, and I love to do that. I I like nothing more. Well, I do like it when I get booked, but the second most favorite thing is when someone calls me and says, we're looking for a speaker on diversity. Or we're looking for somebody to, you know, uh, who specializes in speaking to franchises. Or we specifically need a heart health speaker. Boom. I know people who do all those things and I can zero in on it. And I can help you once I know your budget. I can help tell you who's the person who's going to do that and who's going to negotiate. Because the truth is, some speakers will negotiate their fee. And that's another tip. When you actually find the person you want... Ask them if they're a little out of your budget, if they can meet 
the number that you have. Here's the deal. You have to be fair. If their fee is $12,000 for a speech, you can't come back and offer them $2,000. But if your boss has said you can't spend more than 10 and you really want this one speaker, tell them, my cap on this is 10. A couple more things to think about is uh, around the thing of fees. Professional speakers might cost a little more than you think they do. People always want to go after the celebrities and then they're shocked to find out that a celebrity can charge $25,000 40000 or more for an hour-long talk. I always have people come to me shocked, saying I can't believe that that is how much you know it costs to get Colin Powell or whoever the celebrity is that they went after. Well, there is sort of a hierarchy of what speakers cost based on their fame, their experience, and how good they are, and then also how in demand they are. If you're booking a year out, it's harder to get someone to negotiate their fee because that could go for full price. If you're looking for a speaker three weeks from now, that speaker will probably be willing to play with you. But remember, not everybody negotiates their fee, and that's totally okay. The biggest piece of advice I'm going to give you is don't fall in love with any one speaker before you get them under contract. You want to make sure that you're able to be able to to talk to them and work with them and make sure that they have the personality of who you want to work with and then also that you're going to be able to negotiate the contract so it works. I got a call a couple years ago from an association that I was friends with who was bringing in uh, a New York Times bestselling author and the fee was pretty high and they had signed the contract and their expectation was that he would stay and sign books. They were buying a book for all 300 people who were going to be in the audience and they wanted him to stay for an hour. But what they hadn't noticed in his contract, in the fine print, it said that he would leave the premises within 10 minutes of finishing his speech. Well, they had planned an entire reception around this person being there to sign the books. And they called back, and his answer was no. Now, if they had known that in advance, they could have said, well, we're going to go a different direction. And he very well might have said, of course, I'll stay for an hour. So you have to make sure that you're not totally committed to somebody until you have all the details worked out. Anyway, I hope this was interesting for some of you. I know that for a lot of people, they may have tuned out saying, Tom, this is not something that I ever have to deal with in my company. But for others, if you do run into this, please take the tips that I gave you, but also always feel free if you have any questions about what it's like, what the speaker needs from the person who's hiring, or how do you negotiate? I am more than willing to share that information with you. I absolutely, I feel so grateful that I have now spent 10 years working as a professional speaker and trainer and master of ceremonies for associations and companies. It has been it has been the highlight of my life. And because this week, three different people asked me questions about this for their small companies, I figured this might be a topic that really resonated. And this is why I've moved to having Tuesdays be shorter episodes of just me sharing information because I can share what's actually going on. I can see what's happening uh, around around me and I can share those ideas with you. So I hope you like this episode. Do me a favor. If you like the solo episodes, let me know because this is an experiment. I used to do two interviews a week. Please reach out to me and let me know if you like the solo episodes. If you have topic ideas for the solo episodes, please, please reach out to me. And if you know anybody who has grown a company to more than 300 employees and you think they would be a great guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, please, please, please make that introduction for me. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. I I say it every single time. If, If it wasn't for the audience, 
we wouldn't have a show. This is all about trying to, to, to make that connections with all of you. So I love it that people actually listen to cool things entrepreneurs do. It has been one of the most fun things that I've done the last few years. So come back in a couple of days because we're going to have a really good interview for you. But in the meantime, get out there and try something new. I said it when I started the show. If you're doing the same things over and over, you're going to get the same results. So try new things. And if you want to get one of the Try New Things shirts, jump over to trynewthings.shop and order your shirt today. All right, we're going to be back in a couple of days. Go out and try new things. And while you're out there, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at tomsinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at @tomsinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.